Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's happening here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media. So be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now enjoy the message. Well, it's great to see all of you back on the campus. Those of you that are happy to be here, I'm excited that you're here. We wanna welcome you back and uh, people get uh, you know, a little more comfortable coming back as, the, as we go along and we're happy that you're here. And I'll just say for those of you that aren't aware that all of these surfaces are clean between our services and uh, we have a great team of volunteers that make sure the building is as safe and sanitary as possible so when you come back on campus, you can know that. So we're glad that you're here. And those of you watching online, we stream on three different platforms. We have thousands of people who are watching the services as you are uh, in the room today. And we're so happy to welcome them and encourage you to share, share the services with your friends and family as well. Now we're in a series called What's Next. And in this series, we've been exploring what God would have his church to be doing in these very uncertain times. And basically what we've been talking about is going back to the very basics of what a church should be doing. And this morning, we're gonna talk about one of the basic things that a church should do, and that is this, we should be helping the hurting. Helping the hurting. Here's what I know, everybody is broken in some area of life. Everybody is broken in some way or another. There's no perfect people. Um, there's, uh, there's no way you're gonna get through this life unscathed. And sometimes people go through some heartaches and some hardships uh, and they absolutely give up and despair on life itself. And that's where the church should step up and that's where the church should step in. And the church should be a welcoming place for everyone. Jesus said, whosoever will, let them come. Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And that should be the heart of the church. It's certainly the heart of our church. And this weekend, I wanna talk a little bit uh, about uh, one of the things that I wanna see our church getting more involved in in the days to come, and that's through our Help Out Center and helping people who are hurting. And one of the most exciting ministries that uh, we're able to partner with is a ministry that was actually founded by my brother and sister-in-law, John and Janet Ramsey, and it's Tarrant County Hands of Hope. And I want you to hear a little bit about all God is doing and how we're partnering with them. So would you welcome my little brother, John, as he comes out, he'll share with us a little bit this morning. Come on out, John boy. All right, my little brother, you can't tell, but uh, I'm older than him. I know you did not know that. You could not tell that by just looking at us, right? But I'm glad he can be here and his team, Tarrant County Hands of Hope team. Guys, guys would you stand? Let's just welcome uh, that outreach team here. Let's give them a big hand, guys. Welcome. <laughs> We're glad you guys are here. And it's exciting to see all that God is doing in and through their ministry. Now, John and I grew up in a pastor's home. You've probably heard that story ad nauseum. But we grew up in a pastor's home and there's something about being a ministry kid that there's an expectation that you're gonna be in ministry as well. Like if your dad's pastor, you're gonna be a pastor, and your kids are gonna be, everybody's gonna be a pastor right over here, you know, forever and ever. Uh, it's like Billy told me one time, I don't know what's all going on with this Ramsey stuff and all these pastors, but it ends with me, you know? I said, well, you actually sound a lot like your uncle, because that actually was kind of what his theory was. John, I don't think you ever saw yourselves involved in anything that could be close to anything that would be 
a ministry related oh, uh, no. experience? No, you... I, I ran from anything. We had uh, my dad's, our dad's yep. pastor, brother's pastor, brother in law, uncle, uncle, all over our family. I remember we were at uh, my, our, you remember how our dad would have those oh, Bible yeah. conferences and stuff. So he had a lot of pastors at the house one Sunday and they're, they're all sitting in, in the, around the dining room table and I was in the, coming through the kitchen and I heard daddy and they're saying, well, my daughter, she, she married a pastor. I said, she, she's doing well. My, now my oldest son, he's following in my footsteps. And so, and this is about the time I'm walking through the living room and I'm just thinking really awkward moment here. I'm just going to keep my head down and move. So I get about halfway through the living room and he says, John, what, what, what are you going to do with your life? You know, and this is like high schoolish. And so I'm, he's sitting there with his cup of coffee. And he said, what are you going to do with your life? And so I told him, I said, I'm going to be a cop. And he said, no, seriously. You know, so he, and, and just, but that was, that was kind well, of. Sure. There was just a pressure I think you felt that that's kind of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to follow up and follow along in that path. And that's not at all what, oh, what no you felt like you me, were no. supposed to be doing. Nope. And, and I think we grew up kind of in a world that taught that the only ministry happens in a professional ca capacity on a church staff. Like if, if you're not in that capacity, you're not really a minister, right? right? And we came to realize later on that really everybody is a minister in some way. Everybody has a calling. You know, we, we talk about what's your vocation in life? Well, the word vocation comes from the Latin, voca. It just means calling. So if you say, I have a vocation, that means you have a calling. That means in some way you're a minister. You're a minister. You're taking God's love, and in some way you're translating that to the life of other people. But we didn't really have that understanding because we thought, and I know you were thinking at that time in that season of your life, that that means I got to be a pastor. That means I got to work in right. a church. And so well, that's just not for me. Right. So talk a little bit about how God kind of used the, 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 some interesting things that happened with you and Janet to kind of awaken you to some needs around you. And God kind of used that to move you guys into helping the unsheltered and the homeless in our area. Sure. We had uh, lived in Florida for nine years and we had just moved back to Texas and uh, go Bucks this weekend. So, but we were, um, had moved moved back and our dad had that little uh, weekend uh, or uh, I'd started small church over off uh, kind of that Riverside area. Yeah. And um, so we went to a Wednesday night meal that he had. We just dropped in over there to visit and uh, took some pictures while we were there, you know, just um, anyway. And whenever we got home, I got to looking at some of the pictures and some of the individuals that were there were obviously homeless. So that, mm -hmm. um, and he said, come every week whenever they, they were showing up. So when I got to blowing the pictures up, I, you know, looking at how they were clothed and, and all that, I saw a lady that was walking on the heels of her shoes. So I cropped that picture of just, just her shoes, just, just cropped down to it, and then posted that on Facebook. Hey, I just want to get her some shoes. We'll take them back out there next week. So when we show back up uh, to church, the um, maintenance guy told me, so we've got a whole box of shoes for you over here. And so we started taking the shoes back, started volunteering the, the, uh, for the meals, and got, got to where we were going every week. A lot of friends through Facebook, we had reconnected, started coming again, uh, coming out and volunteering. So to the point where we were actually, you know, mm. scheduling the meal and kind of taking that over. And, but what was bothering me was if all we were doing was, was that piece of it, my heart was really uh, affected by this homeless individual. And during this time period, I'm still running from anything that had to do with ministry. I, that I'm still <laughs> arguing that. But um, we've... Uh, Decided, I asked, I said, what do y'all think about forming an organization that simply is to get the individual off the street? That, that is, we focus. I don't know what that means, but whatever that is, we'll focus to get them off. 
And so we formed 501c3, and that's what we did. We moved forward. I partnered with Tarrant County Homeless Coalition, with uh, any, anybody that would listen to me that had a housing program, we wanted to be involved with them. Uh, we visited with all the shelters. We visited with um, MHMR, with the VA, with uh, uh, JPS, with, with any, anybody that we, we could get involved with, we, we partnered with during that time period. And it, ministry was, now I would argue that it, it had nothing to do with it. And then at the um, point where we had been going for a little bit, where it, it I came to the realization that there is, that this is ministry. I had uh, three individuals, there were three men and a little female that we were um, dropping a hygiene kit off to. Mm -hmm. And hygiene kits, just travel size items, toilet paper, tooth, you know, all travel size, put in a baggie so they can carry it on the backpack. So we pull up, had the window down, mm -hmm. call them over the car and I just pass out, you know, these hygiene kits and I go to back the car away. And one of the guys shouts out to me and says, hey, John, will you pray with me? Well, for me, it was a little awkward at that moment. <laughs> um, and I thought, well, pastor, son, father, brother. I, Not um, that you don't know. How I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started just a short, you know, just keep them fed, keep them protected, keep them safe type prayer. And as I'm, I'm doing this, uh, the individuals, there, there was one of them put his hand on my hand, the other one put his hand here, the third one here, and the little female couldn't reach, you know, and, and so she just leaned up side of the car and just touched the side of my face. That was the moment. The moment that I realized, and it was such an emotional moment for me that whenever I backed away, I had to pull around the corner and just recompose. And then I'm, I'm headed to the house, and I'm, I'm so confused with this as far as because we've been running for ministry. I'm headed to the house, and we live out in Justin, so I'm trucking down 35, and I'm just, you know, praying the whole way. Oh, God, this is a ministry. I'm saying, you know, what do I do now? You know, it was kind of that. What's the next step? And whenever I come through the door, I was all excited, and I walked through, and Janet's doing the, the uh, dishes at the sink. And whenever I came through, I'm all just, just pouring my heart out. I said, this is a ministry. We're right in the middle of ministry. She never looked up. She just said, well, duh. <laughs> and went back to what she was doing. So she had already got it. Well, it's, it's, it, and, and it's true. I mean, when you are starting to connect with the people that Jesus loves, that God loves, particularly people that society has overlooked or forgotten about, you're, you're never really closer to the heart of God than when, when that's happening. And I know, I, I know really that when you think about what, what am I supposed to do, what's my life supposed to look like, Here, here's what I've, I've found, and I think John and Janet's life bear that out. And that is, you can't respond to every need. There's so many needs. I mean, there's needs everywhere. You are a limited resource. You have limited resources. So you can't respond to every need. So, so the need is not necessarily the calling on your life, but the need, get this now, will make, make you aware of your calling on life. In other words, God will use a need to help you align with his calling. So once you find a need that you address, then all of a sudden, in addressing the need, you discover your calling. And you start finding, wow, this is ministry. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what my life is supposed to look like. And so I think about that when I, I hear them talking about that, how they saw the need. I mean, it really went back to seeing a woman walking on the heels of her shoes uh, to a group of people on the side of the road that just asked him to pray over them. And they just reached out the window and handed them you know, a hygiene kit. And, and all. I mean, all these little things were needs, 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 and all of a sudden, the calling of God on their life is aligning with those needs. 
And I really do believe that's exactly how it works. And then man, from there, John, you guys just began to expand the footprint, the footprint of Hands of Hope. And like you said, networking with all these agencies that are, are doing good things to help people. I mean, the goal is obviously get them off the street mm -hmm. and get them into some sort of a housing to get them sheltered so they're right. not living. And I think a lot of times when we're, you know, we're going through our life and we see guys at the intersections and you see people, you know, randomly from here to here up under a bridge or whatever, you don't realize there's also people out in the, out in the woods, man, mm -hmm. living in tents. I mean, these guys go, they go off road. I mean, this crew over here, they go off road. They go literally out into the woods where you would never imagine that people are actually living. And all around Tarrant County, there are hundreds and hundreds of people who are, and they go out and find them and engage with them. And their heart and their goal is to try to get these people help, try to get them into the services that they need and try to get them housed. And there's several issues. John, I know you were talking with me about, man, there's addiction issues, mm -hmm. there's mental health issues. Uh, there's some people that are just down on their luck that just had a hard time trying to connect dots and make life work. And so you guys run, I mean, y'all have seen a little of it all. You, you've oh, run sure. across people who are deceased. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, criminals, there's all kinds of elements that you guys have encountered. So it's, it's really, uh, it's kind of interesting because his, his, his background with the police academy kind of uniquely qualified him to go out and do this. And he, he gives me grief all the time. You need to go out, let's go out and do outreach with me. And I always tell him all that you guys appreciate this. He's gonna take me to the scariest place in town, <laughs> send me into this big old empty building and abandon me there. And you know, that's, I know that's coming, right? He's a brother, that's what brothers do. So I'm kind of preparing myself when I go do outreach. I know I'm gonna go have an experience like unlike I'll, anything. I'll keep you as safe on, on that type of deal as you did me growing up. Well, see, that's okay? why. That's the deal that I made. That's why I'm not going with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not gonna do it. No, uh, it, it really is. The uh, situations that we deal with vary as much as our each individual life here in this room. We are uh, contracted with Texas Department of Housing, so we do the housing assessment for them to be able to make that permanent connect that connection for permanent housing. It's that first first step to get them in the system, and then we are partnered with. Depending on, we try to get to the root cause, whatever that is, and put them on the street, and then make that connection to that organization. And in some cases, the organization can come to them. Right. And so it, it's uh, anyway a full survey, and it's come a long way from that. Right. You know, just doing the. Uh, single lady. I know you were talking, John, about the, the things that we can do as a church to help people. And I know many of you in the room, you've, you've bought food for people. I know you and Janet did that even before you started the ministry. You're just out of compassion. You know, you would, you would hand people, you'd give them food. That's a, a, a wonderful thing. But I know you were cautioning everybody on handing money to people at, at the intersections because of some of the things you guys have encountered. And right. tell them a little bit about why you would caution them about uh, you know, handing money out of the window that, you know, sure. that. And, and that's what I've been asked. Uh, we get asked a lot. Um, there, there's a man here at this corner. He'll be back here tomorrow. I've seen him. He's, he's right. um, and we'll come out. We'll make contact with him and try to try to make the uh, housing connection for him to try to try to try to help him. But um, just a little bit of we do. We do not give campsite locations or where any individuals living at that's unsheltered. But I will say this. Um, the intersections, and I'll, I'll name them, uh, Heritage Trace, um, I don't know how many of you travel that intersection. There's Heritage Trace, Western Center, uh, Bass, um, and Basswood, uh, Basswood yep. and Beach Street. Those intersections are all, and then there's other intersections when you get farther 
of around the city that um, run about $100 an hour as far as with the individual standing out there with a the sign. That, that's, that's a pretty average. You caught that? <laughs> They're making about $100 an hour at those intersections. So, And the, the real downside for us is the addiction, um, you know, it, it, as far as for that. We were in, in a total deep conversation engaged with an individual at an intersection talking about getting him into a recovery program. Right. And I mean, we're, we're making steps. Janet's on the phone with a recovery program. To, if we get him over there within, you know, we'll get him into the detox. They got to go through detox right. and followed by recovery. We're working on getting all that. When a lady stops her car, throws the door open and leaves her car at the intersection and trots across to where we're at, interrupts the conversation and hands him $20 and says, God told me to give you this. And my first thought was, you didn't tell me, but, um, it was that frustrating moment of this conversation just ended. Yep. He looked at me, he smiled, he said, I made more money than you today, I bet. And I said, well, you know, we probably spent more than that coming out here to see you. But it's one of those stories that I wish we had a happy ending where we wrapped back around, we found it, but we were never able to reconnect yep. with him again. And it was all killed by that, that moment, you know, yep. where we were there. It was really frustrating. And people don't know that. You don't realize. Oh, that's why best I, intentions. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why a lot of times with what he, they're doing, I just, I, when he talked to me about that, I thought, I've handed money out of the window. You know, I mean, you're thinking, well, that's good. I, you know, get me a front row seat in heaven. I'm sure. So, you know, you, you, you have those thoughts. So, you know, you, you do those things because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And then he's saying, well, what you've done with someone with an addiction on the street is you've enabled them to continue the addiction, you know, for another day. And so if you really want to help get them off the street, then there has to be another way. And that's really where their ministry focuses. And that's what I wanted him to share that with you too, to tell you, hey, let's don't do that. Let's find another way. So when you find somebody, what would you tell them to do? If you see an individual and hey, they're sure. there every, every uh, what, what and, should they do with that? And I definitely, I, I don't let me come between you and God. If, I mean, if that's on your heart, that's what you're gonna do. I, that, that you go with your heart, what God's <laughs> telling you to do at that moment. So let me just throw that out there. Um, but another way to help that, to keep that safety, safety barrier of that car window between you and the individual there on the corner that you don't know um, uh, it would be, you could do one of two things, either simply text us the location or snap a picture and text us the photo. Photo's helpful because if you text us, I'm gonna ask you what, you know, what clothing is worn and what time of day. And then we will, at that point, we'll follow up and we'll try to make contact with him. If, uh, there's, there's a whole mixture with the intersections. Some are, we've, we've got uh, a couple groups that are living in a motel that don't qualify for services because for us, they have to stay in a place not meant for human habitation in order for us to contract them for housing um, or to get them into that program. Um, and what they'll do is they'll take a vehicle and they'll drop each other off for about, you know, across the county. Um, they'll work these intersections. They come back at the end of the day, pick them up, they go back, they pull their money, pay for the motel, pay for whatever, whatever else they need or are using at that point. And then, um, then we do have the true, you know, just, just that true individual, right. so just heartbroken that he, he just, he, he's at that point, he needs that mm -hmm. help. And whatever that situation is, we, we can address that. Right. You know, we, we can reach out if it's a true need and, and this is just, you know, that we can give that connection and give that hope and give that, uh, help him with the next step. And if it's not, we, we've, we've probably dealt with them too. Sure. And so right. it, it's, uh, we're still going to make that connection with them. We're still going you know, to talk to them about the other services that we can do for them. Good. Well, you know, really what, what 
you're seeing and what you're hearing from their experience is that God put in their heart a calling to do this type ministry. And the second thing I would tell you is with that comes a compassion. Because if you don't love the people you're dealing with, you're not gonna keep doing this. Now what I love about their team and what I love about John and Janet and just hearing these guys is they really genuinely love the people that they're, they're working with. These guys aren't getting rich doing what they're doing. There has to be something more than that. There's a love they have for people who have fallen on hard times, who are going through a difficult experience of life. And that's why I love aligning our church with that. We talk about helping the hurting. I love aligning us with that because I, again, I don't think we're ever closer to the heart of God when we're helping people who are broken and who are hurting and who are in desperate need of help. And you don't reach people till they get reachable. So there is a calling, it's followed by a compassion. In fact, a great verse I wanted to give you guys that really fits the theme of what John's talking about is Matthew 25, it's uh, verse 35, and here's what Jesus said. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and said, you know, Jesus, when, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then Jesus will say to them, truly I say to you, get this now, as you did it to one of the least of these. Now he's not demeaning them, he's just saying not, they're not least in terms of their importance, he's saying they're least in terms of their ability, uh, their station in life, they're, just, they're going through a difficulty. When you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And I believe you cannot, as the Bible says, give a cup of cold water in his name without him rewarding you for that. And so we've welcomed the Hands of Hope team to office with our uh, Help Out Center and at our Help Out Center. And I'm excited about the partnership. And John, with that compassion and the thing that keeps y'all's heart tender is some of the experiences you've had with some of the people you guys have encountered. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all have had some really amazing, uh, I mean, he and I will, will talk from week to week, oh man, let me tell you about something one of our teams had, did, or let me tell you about this experience that we had. And it's really, it's exciting. Some of them are happy stories. Some of them are sad stories. Um, but every week you guys have some incredible encounter with someone who you're really making a difference in their life. And it, it, it's too, whenever you're able to make that connection and, and we'll, we'll go and visit them once they have moved into their house or their apartment, wherever they've ended up, we deliver a welcome home basket. And it's always fun to see the uh, emotion from our team because at that point we're handing them off from you're moving from client to our friend now is what we tell them whenever we hand them that kid to move into their home. And with that kid, we're giving them uh, information for like the help out center locations right. for here, here's food resources, here, here are other resources that you need, you know, that we, we no longer can provide, but we've got other organizations that we can still connect you with. And we have, we, we've had a, a whole gamut. We've, I've been on the phone where a lady had sent me a missing person's flyer because she knew her, her son was lost in Fort Worth. While I'm on the phone with her, we spotted him. And whenever he walks to the van, I called out his name. When he walks to the van, he was so stunned that anybody even knew his name in this city. When he got over to the van, he said, you know, I asked him, is, that, is it you, his name? He said, yes, it is. And I said, well, because I'd called mom to let her know that I think we're going to have her hands on him by tomorrow. And while I'm talking to his mother, here he is. 
So whenever I called him over to the van, I said, I got your mom on the phone for you. That was the first thing I said to him. So that was really just a cool That's moment. pretty cool. Well, that's a God and, thing. Yeah. And then we've had the heartbreak of, of you know, we've got a little four-wheel drive mule we go up and down the Trendy with and, and having a, a guy encounter us out there and wave us down. And whenever, the closer he gets, we can see how emotional he is. And he's crying whenever he came across us. And whenever he walked up to me, he said he had just found out that his father had passed away, mm. but it had happened they had had the funeral two weeks ago, and because the family didn't know where he was, they were not, he wasn't able to attend, and wow. it was just heartbreak. Oh, man. So, and you guys were able to be the church, really, to the, him. Yeah, at that moment, at that woods. moment in time, to be able to put your arms around him and give him that compassion was amazing. I so, mean, you know, you come to church, you think about it. You come to church, you're watching online, and you say, you know, my dad died. I lost a loved one. Well, you can expect an embrace. Somebody's going to hug you and say, I'm so sorry. Man, I, what can we do? I'm going to be praying for you. But you think about a guy that he's talking about out there, you know, living homeless out in a tent somewhere in Fort Worth, finds out his dad dies, finds out that they've already had the service, didn't know how to reach him, and he doesn't know what to do. And along comes these, these guys, and they're able, they're able to hug him. They give him the hug he couldn't have gotten because he wasn't able to be in a church, and they're able to take the church to him. You see that? It's part of that compassion, and that's what I think is, is so significant. And John, you guys, man, y'all have encountered so many incredible things. I mean, they've come across people who've lost their lives, you know, living in these areas. And, and, um, and it's just, I don't know, I, I, I have such respect for what they do, and I'm, I'm so excited to have our church be able to get behind them even more and to help them. Which brings me to the third thought I had when I talked with John about the weekend was not only does it involve a calling and not only does it involve a compassion, but it also involves commitment. Um, you, you don't continue to do what they do without being committed to it. And anything in life that you're going to make a difference in, you, you got to commit to it. You, you got to go all in on it. And they're totally committed to this. And that's why we as a church, we have to be committed to helping people uh, who cannot help themselves. And so pray with us as we, we're going to be breaking ground probably sometime in April, May, maybe May, and hopefully we'll be in the, the new facility by, you know, October, November. And I tell you what I'm praying for, I'm praying that we could dedicate that facility debt-free. Uh, we're going to be functioning and operating it every day of the week, helping people. Just think about this. If you can lift someone's grocery burden, John talks about being able to get them, people off the street, get them into housing, and then be able to hand them off to other supportive services like us that can then take the grocery burden off of that family. I don't know, what's the average family of four or five? What's the grocery bill every week? What if they didn't have that? What if they didn't have to worry about that? That's what we do for families. That's why we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families that we lift that off of them. Now they can afford a house payment. Now they can afford a car payment. They can afford to buy their kids clothes because they don't have to worry about their groceries. We take care of that for them. Well, last year, over $2 million in food we gave to families just like that. And so that's why we're saying support us, pray for us, be a part of this. It is one of the most rewarding, life-enriching things you could ever do is be a part. And I think that's what the church is to be about. We're to be about helping the hurting. Well, how can we help you all, John? I know right now with covid you don't really need a lot of volunteers and that sort of thing. I mean, that's right. not, and, you're not able to do that. And I'll say, too, we're excited about moving in, moving into the Help Out Center. We're, we're excited right. for that partnership as well because um, anyone, anyone that comes that, you know, you've had families put, sure. pull up that were living in their car where we were notified. And so we're, it, it's a natural relationship. We love that. 
Uh, for us, yes, we've had to suspend all of our volunteer activities currently. We've got great stuff on the books, um, we, on plans, mm -hmm. um, events-wise. We have, This was to celebrate our 10th year COVID hit. And so <laughs> yeah. it's going to be yeah. 10 plus 1 whenever we, we right. can actually open that door up. Um, support. Um, we, mm -hmm. I mean, we've, it, it was one of the things with ministry that is awkward to ask for, and that's just financial support. Sure. It's, it's a hard thing, but right. whenever um, it, it does, it, it, there is an expense involved. Right. But sure. it's volunteer, we'll have opportunities come up for that. We'll communicate that through the Met, of course, through our website. Um, you can email to connect us, and it's an easy website, just hohtx.com. Um, like us on Facebook or friend us on Facebook, yeah. and we'll keep you posted on upcoming things. And mm. we're planning on you seeing a lot more of us. So we're excited about it. And I just would you thank them for being here, all the team from Hands of Hope, and John for sharing. Thank really you. Really appreciate coming. these guys so much. I don't know. You may have noticed when you came in, they have a little kiosk out in the lobby. If you'd like to know more about what they're doing or have questions, even about about uh, anything related to the unsheltered and and uh, uh, people that are just going through a difficult time, stop by and visit with them out there. Pray for them. Give them a, a little wave as they go by. And uh, he, he's a Bucks fan, by the way. Did you pick up on that? I saw our Chiefs <laughs> fan out there. She was not enjoying that moment, but I get it. But anyway, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you guys uh, have been here with us. And those of you watching online, thank you for doing that. We just wanted to, this weekend to be about uh, another part of the heart of this church, and that is truly to help the hurting. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you for those who are here today and those who've watched online. And Lord, I pray that our church will always be a church that loves the people you love and you love everybody. You, know, you love people regardless of their station or their situation in life. You love people regardless of what they've done or failed to do in life. You love everyone. So Father, help our church to always be welcoming, loving, accepting, forgiving, supportive of people who desperately need you because we all need you. And Lord, I pray for my friends who are in the room or many who are watching who may never place their faith in you. I pray this might be the moment when they just humble their heart, swallow their pride, and just pray a simple prayer like this and just say, Lord, with everything I know about me, I now trust all that I know about you. Come into my heart and forgive my sin. Be a reality in me is my prayer that I pray. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us by visiting metchurch.com so that we can follow up with you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week.